Hey, this is uh, Carrie Opry, and you are listening to Between You and I, the Bad Grammar Podcast, and we are podcast number four. That's how huge we are, number four. And uh, we're hanging out today with Emma Montgomery, and I uh, wanted to talk to you for a long time. When I met you, where did we meet? Well, we met at the bumper shoot. The Failure, the Variety Show. Yes, the Failure Variety Show, which um, I will go back and say when I met Jess... I've always wanted to do, start doing some things that are a little bit outside of just like you play in a band, you play a club. So Jess Von Stranded asked me to do like her interview series and then she made this variety thing for Bumper Shoot and said, hey, do you want to do this too? And I was like, yes, just to get to be around different artists. And so um, I really liked meeting you that day and then um, get coming to see your, your show on Sunday at the Annex, The Weird and Awesome, has been great. And my brain just, I realize, needs other stimuli. And so I've been wanting to just talk to you about, like, what you do and how's that go? And, you know, because uh, as an artist, I also think about what I get nervous about and not, not to project, but it's sort of like I get nervous and I get in my head and I get isolated. And that's why I like to talk to other artists, like, how's it going for you or... You know, regardless of the art form. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that that failure of the variety show was was uh, pretty interesting because for the last couple <laughs> of years, I've worked with Bumper Shoot as their Northwest comedy advisor um, to kind of just advocate for for the local community and, and 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 help make sure it's diverse and get a really good lineup. So I think there's some brilliant stuff coming out, but. Um, but then, you know, having other projects that also work in other stages. And when uh, we were, uh, Jess and I were introduced uh, when, because she wanted to do a project about failure, because the project room had been experimenting about failure, and she wanted right. to do a variety show, because uh, they hadn't looked at it, kind of the comedy of failure. And um, the one real folks introduced Jess and I and it really made me think last year uh, I was like I have uh, you know when people think failure and variety show Emma Montgomery <laughs> comes up you know, why, why would that be? because well I mean I've really I think really early on in, in stand up I kind of sort of embraced sort of this attitude of failing beautiful beautifully you know yeah. and and doing things out of your comfort zone is i think a really uh good way to 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 i think fear is the best cure for for writer's block you know and and so sometimes that's a that's a realm that, that i live in and just that i mean it was really nice to kind of you know you, what you get to do is you meet people and you know like you or various people where you're like okay i've never met you before but we um, immediately have have a kinship you know it's yeah, it's, right. it's i i've kind of referred to stand up and performance in general as kind of a reverse aa because <laughs> you're pushing people you're pushing each other further into the abyss right you know and there's infinite steps of of kind of that and um well that's what i wonder about too because like coming from what i've done like music starting the whole grunge era that kind of thing like nobody talked to each other like i think what i'm craving is kinship and i think like my past musical experiences like you're in a band well, my personal experience 
I'm in a band, but that doesn't mean I hang out with any of the band members or that we're even buddies sometimes. Now, I've spent, have relationships with people, and I definitely love, like, some of the people I've played music with, and that's an intense relationship, but but a lot of the scene didn't, did not, wasn't friendly, did not talk to each other, or were just young and nervous, and I don't know what it was, like, you're just caught up in, like, um doing a good job and you're do you know you're isolated in your band or whatever but it wasn't like this like communion like I've especially as a female I was like I never had best girlfriends I, I don't know I did not talk to other female artists like how's it going for you or um I was just doing my thing and trying to discover myself or and, and cope kind of like what the hell's going on here <laughs> I've been doing stand-up in this town for 10 years and so I have seen a lot of things and, and stuff change I think um I mean, definitely stand-up is kind of a lone wolf thing, but it is sort of, uh, especially because a lot of the shows are comic-run, uh, you know, uh, people have to work together to, to make those stages happen. When I first started, there were really, there were two clubs you could go. One of the clubs hated the other club. Oh, no. One of the clubs didn't care what the other club thought, which made that club hate it even more. And... Um, those were your two places to go and then there were some bar rooms and so a bunch of us decided to uh take because we loved it so much to to start running shows outside of clubs and like in, in rock rock clubs and, and theater places and um that shows uh, some of those shows became very pop popular laugh hole which which ran for for seven years and i was part of for five and and uh we I came up with the name, and my buddy Daniel Carroll decided it standed for "Let's All Feed Friendship," nice. whole, like yeah. the whole stood for whole, but L L A F F, um, and then just, but so you have this thing where stand up is really you do it by yourself, yeah, but you're part of a group, and you know, and what happens when people's individual destinies start tearing them apart? Um, it's 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 very interesting. To have that, so so I think compared to music, where you have a group already, a band, or even like improv and sketch, where you have an improv group and a sketch group, right? And yeah. you already have that little community. But when you're stand up, you are already alone, and so your community, your band, is essentially the open mics you go to, or or the club you go to, and you actually get a chance for broader community. Also, everyone is poor, so everyone right. is hitching <laughs> hitch rides with each other, and you know, and it, it and also, uh, you know, show, when shows are awful, you kind of band together. Like, some of my favorite shows have been nights that have been horrible. The green room yeah, has yeah. been great. The audiences have been <laughs> shit. So, it's... Um, I've seen various, you know, there's been various phases in the comic community where there were, like, big weekly meetings to now it's kind of Wild West where there's groups of producers kind of doing their own thing and, and various movements and scenes. Uh, for me, I mean, when I meet and make a friendship with somebody mm -hmm. who doesn't do stand-up, I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Until they're like, hey, so I've always wanted to try stand-up. And I'm like, no, never, I'm losing a human friend, you know? You're never going to hear that from me. I've never wanted friends. to do That's what you say now, but it's... I enjoy comedy. It's a hell... Well, and that's... I mean, my wife likes comedy more than I do. Um, <laughs> and she gets to see it in a way 
that uh, you know I'm not ter- that, that I don't um, yeah you know uh, a real I've been really trying to lose myself into when I see a performance uh, not like looking at all the the look at like examining word economy or or, or looking at at, at, at the tools in there and just really just enjoying it um, but you know I think it's just like you look at bartenders you know they all drink Fernet you know they drink mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. drinks that most people are like why would you do that <laughs> you know like a Sazerac or a, you know and you're like well it's you know because you've been around or, or various uh, you know um, get really into that kind of deep deep aspects of the craft so um well i think it's funny with with music like i'll i'll have friends or friend fans or you know fans that become friends or whatever anybody on the outside could be family too where um they don't know what goes on in the deeper side of it and so it's like oh that seems really neat and i'm like i don't have like this love relationship with with necessarily with it all a lot of the time and so I'm having, like right now, I'm very personally trying to re reconnect with music and have a relationship with it on my own terms. Because when I started, I was like 23, joined a band, and boom, things were running. Like I didn't get any time to be alone with it, or and I, I just didn't stop and say, how's it going for you, Carrie? You know, like, how, how's this working? I just was like, oh, or, you know. And now, I have I feel like I have scars from that, and this all sounds very dramatic, and it's it's not meant to be, but it, but it is sort of like, a lot of that was work. A lot of that was painful. Yeah. A lot of that was not fun. Um, and now I look at, at music often as work, um, as opposed to, like, my husband, when I met him, he plays bass. And I was like, oh, like, what do you do? And he was like, oh, I'm playing the bass with my brother for fun. And I was like, fun? <laughs> like, yeah. what is that word you're saying? And now, like, at my age, I'm a 48, so it's like I'm trying to go, not go back, but recapture, like, it only for fun. Like, if I'm not... Because I'm not looking to get signed and go on the road and work that career, you know? Like, because I also know what that would entail, and I don't want a large part of it. Like, I don't want to be on the road away from my kid. I don't want... I I don't... I would like adventures. This is what I learned. I want adventures. Like, I would love to go to Montreal and play a festival. Great. And then come home. Or I would like to... For a short while, go on the road, maybe uh, like a circuit of like festivals in the yeah. summer, and then I come home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am—I figured out a long time ago, I'm not the person who can end up at 50 alone in a motel in the name of playing a bowling alley. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just to do music. Like I have other sides to me, and I don't. I know guys that live out of their car. Um, a few guys that are, are are working 300 days of the year. And, um, you know, that's their lifestyle. A good friend of mine, Matt Davis, who's a, a really funny comic from the South, who um, he, he's, he's, he's stayed with us. He's stayed with us a few times when he's, he's been in town. Um, but he always, he likes to go to Starbucks because, and I'm like, you know, he's like, let's, let's go to Starbucks. I'm like, there's this great coffee shop. And he's like, every town has a great coffee shop well, I like to go to Starbucks because it feels like I am in the same place like Ooh. it is his normalcy oh yeah he's like I can always I can go I can get the same thing there's a little bit of variety but yeah. like the, it is it is my rock yeah and it's, it's you know and and I've, I've kind of you know and so and thinking about you know because I think we need home and I think we also need community and yeah, um too. 
how I try to do shows is is I, I found a, a community based shows uh, where everybody is involved and part of it. And that, that even if if it's just for that two hours, you know, the lineup and audience is a family, right? Yeah. And that is a really way, a good way for me to deal with a lot of my anxieties, a very selfish way. But I also think it's a rewarding thing. I think it's something we crave. Yeah. For two hours, we're all we're all best friends. I think most humans crave that. I think that's yeah. a real honest need. You know, it's that like the idea that you're su- maybe supposed to tough it out or you know whatever. I just don't think it's right. I think that's erroneous. As we are kind of changing people's attitudes to towards religion and um, you know various things. Uh, I do think though, like everybody likes to get in a group together and sing Mm -hmm. and share feelings Mm -hmm. and have message of hope or messages of fear you Mm -hmm. know both both are are compelling you know and and i think we sort of create these rituals and and congregations i i think that that you know before religion we had fire and we'd all sit around the fire and with our backs against the darkness and kind of talk about the monsters behind us you know and i think that's and we're still looking for that, and 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 um, I think that's instinctually what I was trying to do with shows, and now I'm a little more aware of it. And I mean that when we, you know, last year in in that theater, when we uh, presented about failure while a Rube Goldberg device was being built, a <laughs> giant machine, and you know, came out like I. I think when I met you, I was wearing a hazmat suit uh, <laughs> yeah. for our opening. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, and you know, just knowing the thing. But I mean, there was a really tangible, magical moment. I think for most of that show, you know, everybody got really invested, and then the machine didn't work. At first, there was a delay, so I had to dance. And, yeah, you know, that kid yeah, came yeah. up. I'm like, does anybody? Yeah. And I love the, the that. The kid was like, "I can beatbox." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though because because I love that it failed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and you look, you're surviving failure, and like get in there and muck around in it, and it's okay. That's, you don't want to show about failure. That's perfect. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, that was right. the thing. Like, what if it works? Like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> right. um, and what are we saying? Like, oh look, that's better. It worked. We're fine. Like, no, why don't we be okay with failure? But I mean, you were talking about, you know, I think peer experience, trying to find peers, mm-hmm. trying to find friends. Um, you know, when I got married, uh, you know, when I found Kate and we found each other, uh, you know, that uh, there's a, a lot of my needs for human interaction are, are fulfilled with, with what I have with her, you know, as opposed to some of my single friends mm-hmm. who, you know, there's sort of a, there's a quest that right. they are on that I am no longer on. <laughs> and, you know, seeing those interactions, but I still, uh, though, you know, it's weird as, as a guy in his late 30s trying to find people to, like, and I don't really drink. I only drink on kind of special occasions, um, which is when I decide it's special. But, um, <laughs> nice. But, but, you know, I'm not really, let's go have a beer. But so, you know, it's like, there's a dude you want to hang out with or you know somebody and you're like let's 
do you want to take a walk or, or go get coffee? Yeah. And it's it's almost like this this second um, cycle of awkward dating, especially, you know, as a creative. Yeah. I think a lot of times uh, the way you interact with somebody is through the pretense of uh, a creative project. Right. You know, which is like... Let's, can I come over to your house and have a conversation? But we'll record it so we won't be late wasting our time. Oh, right. Yeah, let alone yeah. We, we have just a, a genuine human moment. That yeah. would be a shame. Well, um, like in this thing, too, like yeah. I'm thinking the whole time we're talking, I'm like, no, I'm really talking to you, like I'm in my mind. Because it's you're right, it's such a like work thing to be like, I want to talk to you like if this wasn't here, yeah. I would still be talking to you. You know what I mean? And um, I would still be sitting Somewhat awkward to the side. You would still be there being really quiet. This would still be going on. But I feel like, you know, what's funny is you talked about the drinking or how to commune with people like outside of maybe like the show or things like that. I also had friends. I realized I didn't put on my wedding ring just now. That's so funny. I got to itch. Anyways, um, I also had my shirt inside out today. So that's that's where I'm at. But um, I remember like trying to like, I need some friendships outside of here or one, my boyfriends were always my best friends, or at least they were the f- they were the person who had like the, the most of my yeah. time. And then when you know we'd break up, it would be this devastating hole. But I don't think I put together that I'm like, oh, they're your best friends. But I remember having friends that like outside the show. I'm like, could we can we just do something outside of a bar? Like, yeah. could you come to my house? Like, and just I'm gonna weed my lawn. You could just sit there and talk to me. Like, I didn't know what to do with them or. I'd like to do this thing where I like to walk down a street and then walk down the alley. Because um, I like to look at the front, fronts and backs of buildings. And there's a lot of cool things, and especially yeah. here in Capitol Hill, which is you know an older neighborhood, and there's a lot of different phases of architecture. Um, but, you know, <coughs> how do you invite somebody to walk down alleys with you? You know, and... I signed up for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it should be under the guise of, like, let's go do something fun. I think this would be fun. Like, well, how do we lose track of that? Like, just simple, like, I watch my kid, and he's like, thinks of an idea, and that's what I want to do. Like, I'm going to get these stuffies, or I'm going to do, you know, he's, we're just playing. It's yeah. Like, we forgot how to play. Like, And I think it is, um, you know, I think that's why people join clubs and have church and, and do, you know. Yeah. And we, we kind of create our rituals, and, I mean, but we all you know want to want to want to play with each other and and do do creative fun things um at that show when i showed up like and i think i have always felt like this like i'm a, I, I think i'm a pretty friendly person and so like i remember joining like bands and and again being like hey hi and people were like you know snarky and i was like pretty soon i got like where i just didn't say hey hi anymore yeah. um but even at that show and maybe I was, Ryan, I was talking to you about it too. Like, I don't have a posse. Like, I don't ever, ever, like, yeah. I'm often by myself after a show, yeah. like in a van, you know, just, so I, but when I walk in, I'm always like secretly inside. I'm like, you want to talk, you want to be friends? Like, you know, yeah. I'm excited. I get excited about people. Like, what do you do? And I get very curious. Like, what do you do? Why do you do it? Yeah. Like, what, like where do you come from? Like, are you happy? Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> we need more creative support groups. We kind of do. I mean, it's just... Well, I try to, you know, weird and awesome, I try to kind of have it be that way. Um, you know, I feel, hopefully, you felt included. I think that was... Oh, it was lovely. Like, yeah. one, it, it, when, when I went, everyone seemed, it felt like a club. Like, the audience were repeat audience members. Yeah. Friends. 
and they're like, I just came to see what my friends, other cool things my friends were doing. Everybody on stage seemed to be not afraid. I mean, nervous to present, but not afraid yeah. of the audience. And they're like, okay, I'm going to do my thing. Like, what do you think? You know, it's, it was really friendly. Um, and people were doing cool stuff, so you got to all commune on that. Like, hey, check this out. Yeah. Which I liked a lot. I thought it was great. Yeah, kind of like a sharing party. And I mean, there's so many people doing great things here in the city. Um, you know, and trying to maintain and create more stages for it. Like your friends who did the film. Remember they did the oh, film yeah, where you came to interview? Yeah, exactly. I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, when did they do that? How do they know each other? Like, how, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. just to do, you know, a video, like an interview. Anyways, it made me want to see more of that stuff, too, or... I, I would imagine, like, well, on my weekend, I did this. Like, yeah. well, that's cool. <coughs> Maybe I should do more of that. Yeah, and it's... We also... I mean, we're in a really exciting time where... Well, I mean, just what we're doing right now. Uh, if we want to do this ten years ago, we'd mm-hmm. have to be in the studio, right? Or oh, the yeah, equipment, okay. wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to fit it in your pocket. Um Right, and the cost of just getting it on somewhere, yeah, you know, on a radio station or sharing it was so high. Or the format, yeah, and right. and you know, oh, do I have two days to download the audio, and then I have to yeah. find a guy that can code it, and then now it's so easy, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like a little pocket carry around. I love it, and it sounds good. Yeah, it actually is pretty good. Well, on, and on the other hand, though, there's so much stuff now that's out there, and so we are, you know, how do you? I think it's important. You know, as producers to curate, it's also as audience you have to curate your experience too, and you know, advocate for the stuff you like because there's so much noise. Um. Part of me with this too is like you know, we're talking about work. I, I still like magic. I still like to just not yeah. care, but wonder like, hey, I wonder if anybody will take notice of this. Like, I'm enjoying this. Like, that'd be fun. And that's as far as I go with it usually because I think that's the best state of mind. But I, I started up too because I I just started noticing conversations on Facebook like massively personal and big things are starting to happen to people at my age like people passing away people yeah. getting cancer you know parents passing away and that's heavy shit to start going through and I started to kind of see conversations and I was like hey, are people not talking to each other like there's been a couple times where someone will talk about a parent passing and my mom passed two years ago and I almost and maybe I will almost got on Facebook like who wants to meet me at this let's I need a group come on like meet me at you know zeitgeist I don't care who you are but I need a group you're at like two o'clock meet me there you know all of a lot of our conversations are happening there so why not bring the personal conversations there or show up personally like I want to take it farther I'm asking you to physically show up and come talk to me and you think it's weird because people a lot of times are talking about now how self-involved self-involved people are you know how yeah how how people get in there and like they're not talking to each other and they're just looking at their phones but it's like you have a room full of people on their phones who are talking to thousands of people. <laughs> exactly. Right. And, I mean, in theory, we are now in this point where we're sharing so many aspects of our lives. We're constantly creating to share with other people. Um, I think that, I mean, why doesn't that trans- translate into the real world? And um, I... Uh, I've been accused of being an, like an outgoing guy. Um, 
but I, I, I think I'm incredibly socially awkward, but I do kind of uh, have the luxury of being mildly charismatic and also just not being aware of social cues. So I get in conversations with people and I, I've, I've got to kind of bulldoze my way into friendships. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, people talk about the Seattle Freeze I've never really found that but then I've always been the guy that goes to concerts by himself and will talk to a musician right. if he likes it you know, right or the freeze is really just there for people and people don't like those people I mean, when you're a likable person it doesn't happen yeah <laughs> well I mean I've also met some really wonderful people that are, are extremely lonely in the city and right that's why I try to create environments like I mean we're an awesome with, with Emma Montgomery for four and a half years I mean we have audience members that are now have performed on it that that are really involved and you know some some lonely people or people who who were looking for something uh who were, were able to get something out there and it can be this can be an easy city to get lost in but yeah. it's also we <coughs> think everybody wants that sort of sort of thing um I definitely think they want that. My big thing this year is communing. Yeah. I mean, it's always been communing, but I'm calling it out loud. <coughs> and being able to, like you say, like join in with people. And I think with Seattle, and I lived for a stint in Minneapolis, they're both Scandinavian cultures, which is pretty stoic. It takes a long, you know, takes a little bit for people <laughs> to warm up to you. Maybe it's a little more guarded. You know, whatever. That's like family training. But, like, they're not immune to kindness. Yeah. and oh, look, look, You know, they look, need care. And Viking Heaven is, you know, where Valhalla, which is a big beer hall, where everybody right, exactly. hangs out and sings <laughs> with each other and then goes out, chops, what does each, that tell you? chops yeah. each other to pieces. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, stick each other all back, you know. All the body, <laughs> body parts is that are what re- they do? Reattached. Yeah. Yeah, so what it is, it's a, it's a beer hall and then there's a battlefield. A perpetual battle, but none of them can die because they're in Valhalla. So then, but the, they enjoy battling so. So much. then the Valkyrie, the Valkyrie come and um, they they will then reattach all the body parts and put <laughs> magic ointment. They'll be resurrected and they'll go and drink again. And you know, it's in preparation for the end of the world, but it's still <laughs> a pre-apocalyptic party. Um, over and over again. Over and over. Well, you for, just practice dying forever. That's um, awful. That's why we play video games. Right? It's the same yeah, experience. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I mean, it's, it's well, you know, and that is that is the sport. It was hacking each other to pieces, and you know, but you can only do that for so much, so long until you can't do it anymore. So heaven would be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like wondering what is when is that? Like when can you not do it anymore? Like, well, you know, you chop something <laughs> off, you can't put it when back you're dead, on. Dead, dead. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that is interesting. I but especially right now Seattle is in a point where we have a lot of new people. We have a lot of new yeah. strangers that aren't yet friends. Um we have some very interesting people are talking about the old things like oh, Seattle's changing. Yes. This is going away. But you know, like new stuff is 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 happening. Um so uh, I'm very excited about next week, by the way, at the Triple Door. Um, oh, good. I don't get to see a lot of music unless oh, I am good. part of a music festival or yeah, I have yeah. a show with music. The last couple of weeks, I've been able to see some stuff. 
I went down. I went down the Victory. Um, and that, there's that little East East Lake. Yeah, yeah. Line. You got yeah. the Victory. You got Black Lodge. You got Lo-Fi, and then the new Fun House is has opened. And I was just there okay. um, last night to see uh, Franklin and Bash the band, um, which is my friend Matt Brennan. He's a very creative guy. Uh, so they are Franklin Bash was a TV show on TNT about two two lawyers. Uh, James Spader was one of them, I think. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I mean it was they were kind of douchey defense lawyers. Yeah. Um, and so they are the band, and they're like, we are, we are, we're law- lawyers. But we're also rock and rollers, so we're <laughs> take gonna, that. And they threaten to sue everybody, and I mean it's it's a it's a punk punk band. But it was super cool. And then this band Pink Muscle, which was this multimedia dude wow. behind a sheet, um, where he had filmed him performing in various costumes, and and he he was he was manipulating some instruments in the laptop, and it was, it was super great. And it was like in. You know, the the new funhouse space, which was just such an iconic place for me yeah. growing up. Uh, well, growing up when I was here, you know, I moved here when I was twenty two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and you know, funhouse was the first place that I got uh, punched in the stomach in Seattle, and <laughs> and to 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 come back and, and 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 see that, and then also, you know, the the week before I saw. At Lo-Fi, I saw uh, Abraham Lincoln, which is a oh, funny. It's a Wayne's World cover band. They do all this, it, but it's <laughs> with some very talented people doing very stupid things, and then some great bands afterwards. Audrey Horn, which was a great metal band, and uh, see, I'm telling you girls' names. I have a side band called Esther Kang, and I was like, that's a killer metal name. Not that the band's metal, but I was like. Well, Audrey Horn is is a Twin Peaks reference. Is it? Yes, but it's it. I mean, and I was kind of like, "What's it gonna be?" You know, is it gonna be dreamy and ethereal? But it was uh, it's pretty great, just instrumental metal, and uh, and it was, but it still kind of worked. Cause, yeah. I mean, that Twin Peaks is kind of a nightmare town. So, uh, and metal can also yeah. be very beautiful, and it kind of had that. Uh, and there are just there are various like new spaces pop up when the old ones go and you know and yeah. there was that extremely weird show we did together and um in was it november it was early december what was it in the lobby of that new condo building oh yeah yeah wasn't that was like little la to me yeah. I mean, just everybody working there, I was, like, fascinated with, like, I don't know people like you. I'm in the lobby. Where are you from? In, like, in my footy pajamas. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think they loved you and Sam so much. Uh, and I think I was an interesting contrast. But, but they seem like the kind of people who are very um, concerned about how they look. And they are going to be real nervous about that being disturbed. Like, they don't, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I'm always like... I don't invest time in that, so I'm sort of like, well, oh, but you do. You're one I, of those I people. I gave them like, a little bit of a, 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 you know, I think one or two people had fun, and then I went. Oh, I think they did. Directly to an art space in in Central District. That's right. And and, and did a show immediately for you know just 
a kind of in a DIY art space that the two kind of younger comedians were producing and you know they they you know it was a BYOB and it was such a such a cool contrast no kidding and I made you know a tenth <laughs> of what I made at the fancy condo gig there but just to have have uh, those two things just like um I I don't know I mean so new stuff happens and I think we're also Seattle is in a very interesting time uh, opportunity for friendship abounds you know and I also yeah. think um no one's going to create a, a culture for us except for us. Well, I think Seattle gets very, I, I, and when I say quote unquote Seattle, old school Seattle, I think a lot of the people, and I've heard a lot of people like, oh, it's, it, this isn't our Seattle anymore. Like I've had friends like, Harry, our Seattle is dead. And, you know, the Seattle that once was is gone. And, and I'm like, well, Seattle's been here for a long time before I was. And I, I do think my time has whatever time I spent, you're right, it is not here anymore. It was then. Um, and, and what I get caught up in is, um, what, I'm, what I'm curious about is like the money and affordability. Like that to me, I do feel like I moved here in 85 and had a three bedroom apartment for $300. I'm literally moving to Tacoma because I can't buy a house here. Yeah. And that, that grieves me and may, may, shocks me. Um, but I'm kind of with you on like, I like change. Like when I would come back to visit from Minneapolis, I don't like micro apartments, but I don't mind restaurants shifting and I don't mind finding a theater and I don't mind figuring out. I mean, there was a time where, I mean, in my twenties, that's what I did too. Like, Hey, we can't play the club. Let's throw up a storefront or, um, I, I think that that's still like, I think what you're saying is that that's still alive and well. Yeah. Creativity it, abounds. And we just have to be... And I also think people are really craving that that connection and that sort of... Um, Do you think the money thing and, like, the pricing out is going to hurt art, artistic efforts here? Like, are um, people going to move? I mean... I think we need more benign millionaires. Um, we need to find a way for... I mean, here's, here's, there's so much great art for free and you are totally expected to provide it for free but we have mm. to find a way to pay for art and we have to find a way to uh, make make art you know well how do we get and this is just a presumption how do we get so if a, a large percentage of the people who are moving in are like single working at Amazon whatever do those people care about art I mean are they like I like my sports bar and I'm like so who's the audience that's starting to fill up Seattle are, do they give a shit? Like, do they like it? Like, you know, some of the tech crowd just do come to some of my shows. Okay. Um, you know, and and also, but I think the comedy shows they're going to are shows at the Neptune, the shows at you know the Paramount, uh, the more these twenty-five to fifty-dollar tickets with national acts. Um, you know, and sometimes I'll, I'll but. You know, there's uh, the big thing is is how do we let those people with money know that there is locally based art mm-hmm. that is accessible, more affordable, and their direct audience ship means that it happens. Right. Um. You know, and, and that's one of the things the 
you know, uh, seven bucks I paid in ticket price where I probably could have got a comp, you know, it's like, I feel like that's my, my tax, you know, right, if I want right. to see cool things happen in Seattle, I should be paying for it. Right. Um, but you know, sometimes a lot of times as an artist, you, you can't, I mean, if you're trying to figure out how to afford to go to your shows, how can you right, afford to go right. to other people? But, um, uh, to get, you know, people just knew how important it was that they show up. Like, you know, everyone got really sad when the Egyptian closed. And they were like, oh, I, you know, and they are talking about great memories from like five years ago. And I was thinking, well, you know, I haven't been there for three years. Yeah. I mean, I miss it, but, but I mean, it's my fault. Yeah. It's, it's directly my fault. And then SIF, Seattle Independent Film Festival, came in. And, you know, I've been there four times since the opening. Could be more. Um, so one movie twice. Um, it follows. It was super cool. But it was great to be like, oh, you know, that new space and is open. And, and But I tried to, tried to go to spaces. I mean, the only way to keep something open or to create a change is to... to to be there, either with your sweat or your your money. Do you know what I think would be cool too? And Ryan, maybe you can speak this too. Just like, because you have a really broad perspective of, let's just say, tech industry. And I'm talking anywhere from like Microsoft, Nintendo, to agencies, to, um, and and the cultures that they have. And a, and a lot of those cultures are awful. Like people are miserable. They're treated like shit. They're all about the dollar. It's like yeah. it's actually a miserable existence. Yeah. Yeah. And they're doing that. You know what I mean? It. So some of those places are about the dollar, and some of those places do have an inkling of, like, you need to stay ahead of the game, and that means creativity. It would be cool if some of those conglomerates were, like, because they like to be wacky, too. Like, yeah. okay, a wacky thing we do is once a month, we, because we have a million dollars, rent a bus, and we're all going to Emma Montgomery's weird, awesome, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. no, but I mean, like, like make, yeah. really point out to them and make a program around, like, you need to be infused with weirdness. You know, or creativity, or all of that. Like that still has is a valuable commodity because I know, and I think you'd agree. Like people get wrapped up in just like the, their day to day tech grind, and and some of these people are older and have families, and they're not. They're in a grind and they're being ground on, and 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 so they're not contributing back, and nor are they maybe interested. And then For sometimes sure. I just think, is that large part of that crowd is maybe the um, alternative crowd, and some of them might be like. The cool kids from high school don't give a shit about the geeks, you know what I mean? Like, they're making their big money, and they fly to Vegas to party with their bros and yeah. have their townhouses, and that's who that audience is. And that, is that who's taking over Seattle? Like, I, that's a broad I, you statement. Know, but. I, I don't know. I mean, there are uh, some really great people here. Um, there is definitely... But I think... A lot of it is, is these are people in their 20s and early 30s that are moved in, right? Yeah. And thinking about where my priorities were, I mean, I definitely I was fortunate enough to, to find stand-up and always like to do creative things, but I was also kind of a hedonistic shitball, too. Uh, I think what do you mean? Well, you know, just that's kind of how you are in your 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, yeah, you're yeah. into getting drunk and eating bacon, right? <laughs> And, that sounds good today. And, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> meeting pretty people and, and doing yeah. all that, and and you don't quite realize that the, it's a time of discovery. That this is a yeah. shared planet, yeah. Yeah. you know, and yeah. and 
so, I mean, I can't necessarily fault them for that. And also, I wonder, I mean, I've, you know, is, is how broke I was back then. I mean, what, what sort of monster would I have been if I had money? Right, <laughs> right, right. Well, right. oh, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. yeah. It caused a lot more trouble. But I also, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I have the chance... Uh, you know, I met some really. I just did Sasquatch and um, met some really nice people there. That you know, that's not a cheap festival to attend. You know, there were a lot of people there. How was the, that playing that? Uh, what was that like? It is a music festival. I did stand up there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, I mean, what's what's interesting about it is Adam Zacks um, is a huge stand up fan, and he I think curates a great lineup. Uh, but he also knows that the, the conditions will never be ideal for stand-up. Because uh, you can hear the music from the other stages bleeds in. Right, right, yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's during the day. It is in, in a shady tent. Um, and there are some, some audio issues um, just on stage. Apparently the audio could hear it. But, I mean, so, so a thing about stand-up versus music is you know uh, musicians you know you have this barrier and you get you get you get this wall of sound to protect you and also guys are musicians are really into hearing themselves with the monitors I, I, I <laughs> not me I'm just gonna tell you that I don't want to monitor at all right in fact well we'll, we'll figure that out we'll, we'll, we'll work well together yeah I'll be like yeah, we don't want to hear ourselves I don't well because I want to you're, you're want that human connection and mm -hmm. so I didn't necessarily have it I got a lot of great uh, feedback afterwards but oh, the audience was like I'm so sorry that the sound wasn't better and it's like when a compliment starts with an apology you're yeah, like yeah 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 oh that's a really good point and, yeah. it was, and two days before I had done in Kenmore a small Italian restaurant called Mia Roma to 40 people that they all looked like you were to cast a movie set in a small Italian restaurant, <laughs> they would be the extras for it, you know, the 30s and 40s. How and did you get booked there? Just, you know, there's a, a comic who runs... I'm with you, yeah, yeah. ...runs, runs a room, and, and it, yeah. it was fun. And I got to do 30 minutes, and everyone was attentive and drunk, and, like, in a fun way, and yeah. it was so great, and I got to slow down and, and really make a great connection, and I was like... I'm about to go to this awesome music festival where they're going to take care of me and I'm going to meet all these people, but it's not going to be as good as this Yeah. This, this moment. But uh, going back to, I mean, I was at Sasquatch and I met, met these, you know, new Seattle people that were there and had spent a lot of time and resources to be there around creativity. I think they want creativity. Mm -hmm. They want fun. It's just, you know, how do we get these people to learn the history of Seattle and to connect to it? Realize, I mean, this is a city of orphans. Everyone is from somewhere else for the most part. You know, this is a was an exodus point for people, you know, growing up. In, in Utah, Seattle is one of the cool places to go, and there are a lot of reasons for it. Mm -hmm. One, a kid from the desert, you know, uh, rain was always <laughs> such a joyous moment, and now it turns out that, that may not be We're something not we have any. for a while. Yeah. Um, 
That's freaky to me. But, uh, you know, there's something about the water and, and being here, but also just the, the culture that it creates. I think a lot of people still see Seattle as a cool place, but how do we connect to that? Right. And we can't push push these new people away. Because, I mean, we were we were immigrants, you know, not <laughs> in the That's aughts. a really good point. I haven't thought about it that um, way. And then also, I mean, this this can be a transformative city. Yeah. When I was fresh off the boat from Utah, you know, I was definitely a different person than the Seattleite I am today. Um, well, I came here when I was like 18, like ran to Seattle. I didn't, again, didn't know one where person. Where did you run from? Just the Tri-Cities, so more okay. desert, just like... It's different, though. I mean, that's yeah. a, a big contrast. Yeah. And I always knew, I was like, I'm going one way or another. Like, I just, I was always hell-bent on like... I'm going to go to the UW. Like, everyone, I had counselors who were like, don't bother. It's too hard to get in, which is always a good impetus for me. I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm like, I'm doing yeah. it anyways. And came, didn't know anyone, didn't care though. Like, it was so exciting and beautiful. And like you said, it's such a great place to explore. Bookstores everywhere, different types oh, of food. Awesome. I mean, for me, seafood, because, like, you don't eat seafood in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> or many shouldn't. other places. You really shouldn't. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But there's yeah. a lot of salt water. Well, I mean, there's oh, a yeah, big lake right, yeah. full of salt water, uh, yeah. which, you know, Great Salt Lake, which used to be Lake Bonneville, which is the primordial sea that covered most of North America, oh, yeah. the North American yeah. part of Pangea there. Yeah. Um, you know, which uh, which could have been the body water some cons- that, that we all crawled out of. Um, could be. But, you know, it's just brine shrimp, and that's all there is now. It's the largest amount of sea monkeys. I like Seattle because it felt almost European to me. You know what I mean? Like, or I, I have a, cra- a craving for like, oh, I want to go to you know Western Europe or, or uh, Eastern Europe. Anything that's beautiful. Like it was just such a beautiful like, and Capitol Hill, the nooks and crannies. Even today, we were. I was meeting Ryan. We went to Top Pot, and on my way there, like I've lived here twenty five years. I was looking at these, I stopped and I was like looking at these little um, cabin houses and I realized they had like a path that went in so I walked down it and I was like, oh I do that God. stuff all the time. It's, there, there's, and there's, there's some really cool, there's some old cobblestone. You Have can, you seen the houses? They're like six little cottages. Oh, yes. And I was like, what is in here? And this guy came out on his porch and I was like, what is this? And he was like, oh, these are, like, I wanted to know, like, why were they built? They've obviously been here. Was it, you know, there's, like, six in a row. So is it, like, connected, you know, from 1904, some business? Like, but it was so um, covered in beautiful trees, like a little hideaway. It was awesome. And I was like, how long have you lived here? And he's like, I'm, I'm seriously, if I let, uh, unleash myself, I'm really fascinated by people. Like, who are you? What do you do? You got yeah. long, how long have you lived here? Like, what is this place? And he was like, oh, they're all condos now, except for the front one that they rent. Um, I've lived here 10 years and I was just like, what can I come in your house almost? What's it look like? What do you do for a living? Like, it was cool to discover was my yeah. thing. Like, and what there, a little there niche. Are stuff, and, and new stuff will pop up. Um, Elliott Bay Books was such a great place <sighs> in Pioneer Square. Yeah. And now it's a great place on Campbell Hill. But in the old Elliott Bay Books place, there is the Ca- Cafe Nordo, which was this amazing <gasps> yeah. traveling dinner theater show. Now they have a dedicated space. Um, so, you know, Fair Gallery, which was a very important cafe art gallery that was where my first solo art show was, um, and, you know, uh, 
which which was such a great important place that space is is no longer there but now it is a pinball bar which is super cool right oh wow and and that just um john john's which is now it's being refurbished but a guy um from the tech industry bought it and who's a huge pinball fan oh wow and is now it sounds like they're gonna have some great machines and and some needed improvement to that bar is happening you know and so hopefully that will happen i mean things are changing but there's a lot of pinball there's a i don't know it but it is you wonder we do need things though yeah. we do need need some sort of uh, renters rights I don't know if rent control is the right thing but there there needs to be a way if you want culture protect it if you want you know who is going to be able to provide the services that all these new people are going to need if they can't afford to live right in in, in a place like I have friends who and the prices blow my mind like I have a friend who lives at the bottom of Queen Anne. I, I'm sure that apartment was $400 at one point, and then it was 900 now it's 1200 And he was saying, oh, I'm going to go move in with my girlfriend over in um, Ballard, like on 8th and 84th, right? And so I, and I went over to that house. It's a cute cottage, one bedroom, very nice, $2,700. And, and I'm like, what? When I first moved here... They were, it was after the dot-com crash and all that stuff, they were like, move in, manager special, yeah, free cable yeah. for a year, here's a DVD player. Right. Yeah, yeah. And good. then we were able to, you know, I lived in a house with six nerds, um, you know, in Capitol Hill, and we were able to uh, actually negotiate a rent down. Wow. Because... We were like, we're here. It's like economy's not getting better, and you know, and and I can't even think of that now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's people are retaining this. I mean, this place we're here now has been great, and we had a minimal rent increase, but we are really. I'm in a concrete building um, that used to be a motel room. You know, that's right. Yeah, the the bathroom is through the bedroom. It is old you know and like it's definitely o- older you know kind of outlived its use- usefulness oh, yeah. you know we can't we have all these bookshelves up because we can't put anything on the wall and it sweats you know and oh right there's all these great oh, things think but that. we have a really like this is i'm not going to say what we what it costs but it's a great deal and and the rent increases have been min- minimal, but we are waiting for the hammer to drop. I think everybody yeah. in Capitol Hill. Yeah. And, you know, it's like when you have to get a... And it, it's it's rough because it's like... You know, I meet, made a meatloaf yesterday, uh, well, two days ago, and I brought a slice of it to my coffee guy because that's just the kind of walkable neighborhood right, yeah, I have. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and it's it's... You know, everybody knows my dog's name, and and it's one of the most walkable neighborhoods in the United States, and people take care of each other, and... and, and uh, Which is nice, because you know how you're saying, I think it's always it's very true that it's a very transient a place, so when you can make a community out of your neighborhood, that feels good, and I do think people crave, crave like, some communion, you know, somewhere you belong. That's what I used to like about 
shows is that like for the three hours you're in here with all the bands we it, it, like rock candy was that way to me same with the ok hotel we are in here together and it's cozy yeah. and um also it's it's relaxed living when you can walk down the street and say hi and you're familiar as opposed to you can relax into that you know you can be yourself you it's, can build something not like oh hi I'm but sometimes that fellowship will bleed outside of that one moment right. and you know and that's what you want and I think you have to take initiative to you know if, if, lead by example if you want to get into cliches and such but if you want to make a connection with somebody I mean, you really have to try to do it. Of course, you still want to be respectful and kind and all that, but um, you know, it's it's it's. I uh, I think the the current climate. I mean, there are definitely introverts and extroverts and all that, but the way we are using social media and the way we're seeking out connection. I think everybody wants to have a conversation with each other. Yeah. It's usually, uh, you know. Uh, the question is, how can we make that conversation valid, you know? Well, I think if you come at it just authentic, like like me talking to you, like, yeah. my reasons were very honest and true. Like, I just want to talk. <laughs> I did it. And really simple, like. I did an event a few, a few weeks ago, uh, the Pinata Bash. It was our second one. <laughs> uh, it was super fun. It was co-sponsored by uh, Lucha Volcanica, which is a... What's that? It's a... Mexican Wrestling Association League. Uh, I think they're based out of Tacoma, and they. Um, Sweet. It's a, <laughs> kind of a heritage organization sort of thing, um, but they so. Uh, what you know? So there was one of the guys uh, was in a. Ave Rex was one of the judges, and then they had uh, La Vispa, the Wasp. Uh, doing the the uh, pinata you know working the rope but um, I was one of the judges but the winning pinata since they had been working on it since January and it was a very lifelike Medusa head from Clash of the Titans that eyes light up but there were some others and it was just you know there were like ten pinatas and it was creative and fun and you know the floor of the rebar got covered in, in candy and tiny toys. And it was really, you know, we're all adults here. And, and it was kind of inspiring. And, you know, that's the Seattle that people say is dead. I don't think it, that will ever go away. Um, yeah. I hope not. Yeah, but, I mean, we just have to keep, keep doing that. And I, it's also, I mean, we just, because... You know, going back to social media and going back the way we can share art and share conversations. And, I mean, we're all kind of in the same neighborhood now. Yeah. Um, but how do we take these this new trend of sharing and creativity that is in this imaginary universe of the Internet, and how do we positively make that happen in real life? I like the idea of... Um for the new audience that's coming in that may not, may want creativity, but it hasn't gone to shows or hasn't seen other art forms, finding ways to, finding um, venues where they feel comfortable, but you still control yeah. um, the intimacy, like house, house shows. Like I was just thinking, oh, it would be cool to do, like to pinpoint 
somebody at Microsoft, right? Like somebody needs creativity. Okay, we want to do a house show. So I think they'd connect with that and say like, oh, that'd be cool. But we get to dictate, we get to look at your house first, see what the room looks like. We're going to decorate it and we will take it down. But like you're inviting this show in here because you have to control your show. People want to be a lot more interactive now. And I think people actually forget. I mean, there's been, Jerry Seinfeld was talking about how audiences are, you know, more PC and and I I mean that's I you know they've definitely changed uh, since I started uh, you definitely have kind of more benign heckling where people will forget like hey you may talk to your TV set or your computer screen but you know and oh, also, right, right. also you know where people get to review everything and click a like on everything and oh, rate right, everything right, right. Um, you know, and, and, and share and kind of have, have ownership and, and, and editorial rights where it's like, hey, no, I need you to sit in this chair. And there are three ways you can interact. You can clap, you can laugh, and you can listen. Yeah. You know, and how, how do you um, make that but still have it be, like, engaging? And it's I think that's the big challenge. But, I mean... I think if you say that stuff out loud to someone, yeah, you give them the tools and maybe educate them on like what it will take to make this a great experience because that's what you want too, right? You got like, and if you're not honest in your opinion or you just think this will be neat, that's not going to be good. That's yeah. we're going to start off on the wrong foot. Like, I I have people who are like, oh, come play a house show, and you know they're like, come play, and my friends will be over, and come play for an hour. And I was like, mm, let me just tell you what I know about house shows. I'm like, your friends. Oh, will think that's neat for 10 minutes but they want to eat and drink and talk to right. you yeah and me them having to shut up to listen to my sad songs whether they're pretty or not whatever is not going to be cool like culturally everybody wants to be quiet and respectful music it's not like in yeah, china where it's like hey we yes. talk and make noise yeah. while the band's playing yeah it's different there in yeah I did a house show for New Year's. I did my character Sugar Plum Gary, who uh, <laughs> is. I like your Santa guy. Is that yeah? That's Sugar the Plum? Santa guy, yeah, the I like Santanist. So you fun. know, and so I ended up, and they were all kind of, you know, this sort of tech filmmaker crew. They, the show, the party was a, a '80s themed party. And oh. I was one of the few people there who had grown up in the '80s, so it was like, oh, look at all these these beautiful people. Uh, these beautiful nerds making fun of my childhood. <laughs> I mean, they worked it out. Like, there was, like, the little prom room, and the, the pugs were dressed as Ewoks, and, I mean, it was cute. Oh, wow. But, um... That is cute. It was really adorable. And, uh... You know, I... Sugar Plum essentially asks people... Well, ask, invites questions about Christmas. And... But, so, here I am... Uh... You know, a grown man uh, wearing footy pajamas uh, with Santa Claus faces for the feet, <laughs> uh, asking questions. You know, but but they all were super respectful in the room. And but for forty five minutes, I had this engagement thing. But the thing is, would I have done stand up or storytelling for forty five minutes at a house show? No. Yeah. But I was able to have a conversation. I did a political yeah. rally a while ago, fundraiser. And, I mean, having them for the 10 minutes, th- they just wanted to, to eat and drink and, and mingle and, yeah. and, and shake hands and do that. And, and they, 
you know, so it's it's what's where, yeah. and I think people are really into experiences. So yeah. you know, but you're like, hey, I need you to <laughs> to love me and pay attention to me <laughs> for a, for an hour and a half, and and just focus on me. So right, Dribbledore will be fun. Um, it is interesting though because, you know, as a stand up, you can hear people eating. Because oh, of the me acoustics, too. yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. And, but it's it's a beautiful stage and it looks great for them. Now but they it, eat very it, quietly. Yes, please. Yes. Don't. Well, we'll after this too. We'll talk about like what you want to do because I definitely want to hear like okay, how, what do you want to do? Like because I noticed, you know, with Weird Awesome, like that's a production. Yeah. And so I wanted to It'll make sure I. It'll be super simple. It'll be yeah. really great. That's but, all I'm doing too. So we'll we'll it's like, hey, it's just we'll us people. Things. Shut up. Stop eating. I have no problem. But I think I mean, let's see. We've been community. That's what we're doing. We're making yeah. friends. Um, I literally it shows now what, what I prefer is like I'm coming to have a conversation. Yeah. And I the last time I played the triple door, it was the first Friday after I'd been at a job. And I was like, and I, in my mind, I was like, going, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop trying to separate these worlds Yeah. because it's too weird. And so I literally was like, Hey, this is, you know, I got up and I was like, what'd you do today? I'm like, oh, this is my first day at a job. But, but I was turned it into kind of like the, but look what I got to do at the end of my Friday. What are those fuckers doing? You yeah. know what I mean? Like they're drinking beer somewhere. I'm getting to do this. That's awesome. Like, but it was an honest, I had to throw away the pretending and just be like, look, it, you know, commune just on a really, it was really fun. It would be really fun. I think it would be great. I think, I think it would be fun. And I think, you know, and it's, as my sale changes and I get to do, you know, back, you know, it's always like, I always, a lot of stages I performed on are gone. But, you know, it was like, I want to do this club or I want to, want to, you know, do this, this, get on stage here and, and now, you know, there's different opportunities. Uh, yeah. Would I have thought that I would be, you know, at the Triple Door uh, opening for a musician, you know, when I first had an idea for stand-up? No, but now it seems just natural and wonderful. And, That's good. And it should be fun. So I think, uh, I think we've had a great conversation. Yeah, I think it's been good. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and um, we will both be at the Triple Door on July 9th. I think doors are at 7.30. Come on out, because it will be a worthy communion. Uh, weird and awesome every first Sunday of the month, which you're going to be Sunday. Yeah. That'll yep. be fun. Okay. Yes, I'm doing that. Okay. You should, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.